Deepest, bluest. My hat is like a shark fin. Deepest, bluest. My hat is like a shark fin. Deepest, bluest. In the most advanced research facility in the world. Wow. Beneath its glassy surface, a world of gliding monsters. A team of specialists is working against the clock. Did someone order the fish? On an experiment to benefit mankind. Sharks never show any loss of brain activity as they age. We're this close to the reactivation of human brain cell. Hello, welcome back to Shark Week on the Waffle Press Podcast Retrospectives. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is Matt Garingo. That's a me. And I'm, I'm so happy. It's Shark Week is my favorite time to record things now because <laughs> we love shark movies here. We love shark movies, and we've just exhausted all the good ones. I don't know. We're, we're here to talk about Deep Blue Sea today, and I'll just say right off the bat, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. We're going to oh, break yeah. it down, but uh, we're gonna give go away watch it. everything about this movie, but it, it, it is it is must-see movie. It uh, is the Citizen Kane of dumb shark movies. The Citizen Kane of schlock. Like, yeah, it, it's it might be a good movie, but I'm I don't really care if it's not. It's well directed for sure because it's very efficiently entertaining. It's a it's a very good movie if you ignore the fact that it's possibly the dumbest film ever written. <laughs> oh no, it probably is. Like, it's it's in like very little competition. Top ten dumbest movies. Deep Blue Sea is one of them, but they take it so seriously, and that's what kind of makes it amazing. Yeah, like, it's just serious enough to be like, are they in on the joke? Are they not? But it doesn't matter, mm. because you're having the time of your life while you're watching the dumbest, most vicious sci-fi horror adventure thriller. It's it's a science fiction horror movie with sharks. Like, it's not just a shark movie. <laughs> it's not just a horror movie. It's not just an action movie. And it's not just a science fiction movie. It's a science fiction action horror movie with sharks. Starring Samuel L. Jackson for a minute. With Samuel L. Jackson. And then a bunch of people who never really had careers. Thomas Jane. How dare you? Thomas Jane was just in The Predator. I loved I loved Thomas Jane. Um, yeah, but that's not. <laughs> unfortunately, um, you know, Thomas Jane's never really got the break he deserved, in my opinion. No, yeah. He, he, I really uh, liked him as the Punisher, even. The, the movie's not great, but I thought he was good. You know? Yeah, he's, he's good in yeah. that, and uh, fucking Roy Scheider's in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, like, one of those things where I, when I saw The Punisher, it, like, tricked me into thinking it might be a good movie. <laughs> We're like, oh, shit, Roy Scheider. I, I got a, I'm not to get derailed already in this fucking episode, but I got a soft spot for those early 2000s types, like, tacky little action films, so it's... They're yeah. coming back because, like, now we don't make movies like that anymore. Yeah, so, like, Venom, I see why people like it, because it's just like that. Mm-hmm. It comes very close, but it still kind of has... To me, it had too much of, like, the new movie stink. Yeah, yeah. So if you got someone like Rennie Harlan to do Venom 2, that'd be perfect. Yeah, Rennie Harlan or the guy who did the Mummy movies. Steven Summers? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be the shit. Also, I, I guess I want to go back and amend my comment about being, like, where you've exhausted the good shark movies. There's actually been kind of a shark renaissance. Yeah, Um. there's another one... That, uh, obviously I've mentioned on the show a lot. Uh, the Shallows that I really love. The Shallows seems to be the one that everyone likes. Um, 47 Meters Down. I mean, it was a, it was popular enough to get a sequel. Oh, not just a sequel. It's called 47 Meters Down, the next chapter. But do you know what the original title was? What? 
Uncaged. I thought Uncaged is the chapter because that's the poster at my movie theater. Oh, okay. So I guess they changed it back. I guess it was kind of flipping back and forth because first it was like 48 meters down. And I guess they were like, oh, no one will get what it is. So they changed it back. Yeah. Um, I, I think they know their audience. There's a, like a giant cardboard thing, and I think it says 47 meters down, uncaged, but you never know. Okay, you know what? That's a, I like that title, because that's, that's the right kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then there was The Meg, which we did last year. Yeah, which is a solid, fine enough shark movie. It's fine. Honestly, it's yeah. like honestly, after Deep Blue Sea, I would say there's just a sea of mostly terrible shark films. There's a couple out there where it's like good in spite of the shark. Like, there's, you know, there's stuff like, there's Great White, which is pretty bad. Um, I think there's a movie just called Shark. I think Sam Fuller did a movie called Shark. And that, like, before Jaws, even. Like, there's a, there's a handful of shark movies where I would recommend them, but it's usually the Jaws rip-offs that get really good. Like, I almost want to pivot, if we do more Shark Week in the future, I want to pivot to some of the Jaws rip-offs, because, like, Orca the Killer Whale is, like, incredible. <laughs> but... It's like an or it like it's like if Jaw it's Jaws the Revenge but good. <laughs> uh, but for this movie, uh, directed by Rennie Harlan, who's had a very not like crazy good career, but he was really hot in the eighties and nineties. If you're of a certain era, you know Rennie Harlan. Yeah, uh, he did Nightmare on Elm Street Four, the, the Dream Dream Child, I think, or, or Dream something. Um, he followed up Dream Warriors, and his entry's not great, but. There's some good set piece stuff in it. But his was, like, the one that, like... Like, Dream Warriors was, like, kind of big, but, like, his was, like, huge. Like, everyone was shocked at how big Nightmare 4 was. God, it's so weird to me. Like, I'm not a fan, but the Nightmare sequels are very reliable on their set pieces. Always very creative stuff. That one, like, they finally had the budget to, like, kick it up to 11. Like, Mm -hmm. Nightmare 4 looks incredible at times. And doesn't really make a lot of sense... But there's some really uh, interesting moments in that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dream Warriors is the best sequel, but whatever. Moving on. No, no, um, no. I agree. I, I totally agree. Uh, he also directed the Stallone vehicle cliffhanger. Oh, and he also, of course, directed Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Yeah. Although it's not, it's a f- technically not called Die Harder. Yeah, I know. It's it's just a tagline, but everyone calls it that. It sounds better than just Die Hard 2. Yeah. Because I think if you call it Die Harder, like, you know what you're getting. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's literally what the movie is. <laughs> what if Die Hard but more? And I do like Die Hard too. I seem to be in the minority of the Die Hard two fan base. Are you the motherfucker that likes it more than three? I do like it more than three. I do not like with Avengers. Moving on. I, moving it, on. But fucking, I just don't like. To me, Die Hard is. I'm sorry. I don't want to be too much. Like, even though I'm also the guy who says Last Boy Scout should have been the sequel. But to me, if you're going to do a Die Hard sequel, with the amount of action that the franchise has, it has to be he's stuck in a location. Like, that's the plot. It's just so clear with 3 that they took another script and just shoehorned Die Hard into it. And it bu- that really bugged me about it. And I don't like that he's running around the whole movie to, like, different... Lo- it, that's just, to me, that's not John McClane. And I also, you know... Live for your Die Hard, it's almost on the right track where it's like he's stuck in Washington D.C. Like it's a whole city in that movie, and that like almost works because we're it's like oh techno future, everything is like a computer, so you can shut off entire cities. But then they fuck that up too. So 
Like, I don't know. That To me, that's Die Hard is being, about being stuck in a location. This is almost a better sequel to Die Hard than with a Vengeance. Jesus Christ, we're going to move on from that. Uh, because the, I think Rennie Harlan has made two great films. Deep mm-hmm. Blue Sea and The Long Kiss Goodnight. Scripted oh, yeah. by Shane Black, retrospective favorite. Uh, Which you fantastic don't... action film. If you show that to someone who knew who Rennie Harlan was... And then said at the end of it that was directed by Rennie Harlan, they wouldn't believe you. Yeah, no, it's crazy that that's the same person. Yeah. Like, was it just the script was that good that it, like, inspired him? I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I think he's a guy, honestly, there's a lot of skill in his movies that is usually just, like, he doesn't know that he's making a dumb movie, usually. Like, I don't think he knows the type of movie he's making at the time, but he knows that, like, if I can make this one scene work, audiences will care. Because, <laughs> like, a lot of these scenes are very engaging. This is never a boring movie. And I think they... But he did Cutthroat Island, right? Yeah, Wait. he did Cutthroat Island right before The Long Kiss Goodnight. Mm. And so The Long Kiss Goodnight didn't, like, really pick up after that. Because Cutthroat Island, for people that don't know, was, like, for a while, the biggest bomb, like, in movie history. I think for inflation, it still is. And, like, it, it sank an entire studio... Um, although, like, recording, like, that's legend. Like, I think the studio kind of sank on its own. And they just kind of had Cutthroat Island, like, right at the end. But, like, it it was what... They almost killed the pirate genre again. Because, like, every decade they try a new pirate movie and it bombs. Until Pirates of the Caribbean, of course. Yeah. And it was that... that and then, he wasn't he, like, da- married to Gina Davis? Like... Yes, like, which uh, their divorce happened right before filming this movie, so that mm. might give away why this movie might be a little more vicious yeah. than his other films. So this is so, so this is Rennie Harlan's Temple of Doom. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's perfect because like, like Temple of Doom, a very well directed movie that subject matter is pretty stupid and offensive. Pretty stupid, offensive hateful <laughs> like... yeah yeah you know what this might be weird um because i love everyone knows i love spielberg that's my favorite filmmaker mm. and I, I actually like temple of doom a lot but i hate like the material it's working with uh-huh. um i might like deep blue sea more than temple of doom just because it feels like the the right kind of hateful with its dumbness you know i don't, I don't feel like i i have to be like uncomfortable like watching it too much. Maybe, but like I, I, I got Temple of Doom just got like Temple of Doom is one of those movies where I'm like, it's racist, but <laughs> like, <laughs> no, don't don't ever do that. Don't say that in real life. That's, but if you're defending Temple of Doom, you have to say that. I'm sorry, everyone out there. If you like Temple of Doom, you're excusing racism. I mean, that's, and that's I, just that's totally a thing with that. Yeah, it's racist. It's misogynistic. That's my my white superpower under this yellow sun is that I sometimes I can ignore <laughs> racism. Don't say yellow sun. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I didn't mean um, that. <laughs> and the the British imperialists save them at the end of the yeah, day. Which honestly, I thought about it. <laughs> Switch it around. Make the imperialists are the ones that are like secretly puppeting everything. Like, oh god, yeah, that's like, really what you should do. It wouldn't have like totally saved the movie, but it would have been better. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it would have been way better. Like they're the ones draining the area of its like resources, and like there's this like 
this uh, elemental magic in the area, but it's been like perverted and distorted by the imperialists. Like, yeah. Well, because there's that line at the end, which would be much more awesome in that case, where he's like, "You betrayed Shiva," where he says that to the guy. Like, that would have yeah. been awesome if like he'd been yelling that at like a British imperialist or something. Oh fuck! I want someone to remake Temple of Doom now. <laughs> I'm hey, sorry if that's sacrilegious. Mean, you know. But I still, I mean, again, Temple Doom, it's just like, he fucking shoots that guy with a shish kebab. Like, that's incredible. Like, it's so violent. Um, <laughs> fucking crushes that dude to death. Fucking child slavery. That movie is insane. I really hope we could talk about Temple of Doom one of these days. Oh, that would be great. And I'd, I'd want to talk about just like Spielberg in general. Yeah, that, who knows? that would be amazing who knows? too. Spielberg and maybe another thing that's totally disconnected from Spielberg. I, I guess we'll just have to see in 2019 or something we'll, like we'll that. We'll never know. In 2019, yeah. the year we're currently in. 2020. Fuck. <laughs> whatever. The decade's taking a toll on us all. Welcome to Shark Week 2019. We'll have to wait to see <laughs> what 2019 has in store. The Deep Blue Sea. But before they can save millions of lives... Tell me I didn't see that. They recognize that gun. It's impossible. Sharks do not swim backwards. They can't. They'll have to find a way to save their own. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rennie Harlan, hit and miss. I mean, I, I've seen some of his like later movies. They're just not good. Did he do the Rollerball remake? I like, don't know. I think that was McTiernan, wasn't it? That might Yeah, that was McTiernan, yeah. I think a lot of these guys, honestly, I not to bring it up... <laughs> But I think 9-11 did in the careers of a lot of these people. Because, like, there was that that period immediately after 9-11 where it's like, we can't have fun action movies anymore. Like, we we have to, like, we have to totally rethink the action movie. And then it took, like, a couple years where, like, Nolan, like, kind of came out. And then the Marvel movie. Like, the Marvel movies kind of, like, was, like, set up the new track of, like, this is how you do action movies. After 9-11. I'm not saying thoughtful action movies. I'm just saying, here's how you make an action movie that an audience is cool with. Rennie Harlan is currently making films in from a Chinese uh, distribution company, I guess. Uh, a, a bunch of stuff that I haven't heard of or seen before, but I guess he just made like a martial arts wuxia action film. Like in 2018 that no one's talking about. So I plan to check that out and report back on Twitter because I'm very curious. That genre really hasn't gotten its due like in the last decade. Unlike Deep Blue Sea, which is the greatest film ever made. Yeah, the deep, deepest, bluest. Yeah, it stars Thomas Jane, LL Cool J, Saffron Burroughs, Samuel L. Jackson, Michael Rappaport. Uh, oh, Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan fucking Skarsgård is in this. Holy shit. <laughs> and then there's uh, there's Jacqueline McKenzie as uh, Jan. She's a very minor character. Mm-hmm. And uh, fucking Janice Soprano, Ada Taturo, as Brenda in the, in the control tower. So, like, she's great in this, too. I love that actress. I wish she was, like, in more things. Yeah, you know what? Every big action movie should have her in this same role. Oh, yeah, she like, should Like, if they always... can't figure anything else for her, like, if they can't figure out anything else for her to do... Just put her in the same role in, like, a control tower somewhere. Oh, yeah, she'd be great. She's got to be in the control tower, but then she has to come down for, like, one dinner scene where she can joke about the food and the music. (laughs) And that's it. That's her character. I I think we just saved Hollywood. Yes. Ada Taturo is here to save Hollywood. Um, No, it's a hell of a cast. Although, one, there's another big actor in this. 
who has zero lines. Fucking Ronnie Cox is in this movie. The villain from RoboCop. He's in the boardroom scene with Sam Jackson and has no lines. That was the the homage, I guess. I don't know. No, you know what I think happened? Because I was reading about it. Um, Sam Jackson was originally offered LL Cool J's role as the cook. And Sam Jackson's like, I'm not fucking playing a black cook. Who <laughs> like, <laughs> talks about God and shit. Like, I'm not doing that. So they, they quote-unquote, created this character for Sam Jackson, who's like the businessman, <laughs> just to get him. And then they gave LL Cool J the cook role. And I think Ronnie Cox was originally supposed to be that character. But that character oh. wasn't going to come to, like, the submarine loading place. Like, wasn't going to come to the lab. Like, it was going to have, like, a different vibe to it. And mm. so they just, but they just gave all his lines to Sam Jackson and for some reason just kept him in the movie. Like, <laughs> the other thing is just maybe that scene was longer. And they just cut maybe. all of Ronnie Cox's lines. I guess what we should talk about is that it was basically, it was written... The original writer of it, uh, Duncan Kennedy, kind of like he said, like, one night I had a nightmare about a shark chasing me down a hallway. <laughs> and that's how he started the script. And then Warner Brothers bought it and then sat on it for, like, years. Like, they didn't really know what to do with it. And they had, like, tons of people rewriting it. And they wanted to turn it into, like, an action movie. So it was going to be, like, an action movie with sharks. And then Rennie Harlan comes on board and brings on Donna and Wayne Powers to rewrite it. And so Rennie Harlan is brought on as an action director, and he's like, I want to remove all the action and make it a horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) So you get, like, this weird beast of a movie where it's, like, it's paced and designed to be an action movie, but it's shot like a horror film. (laughs) Is this the most expensive horror movie ever made? um, um, I wouldn't be shocked it might be. Because this costs like eighty million. Yes, it's it's an expensive movie. Like, which is another thing. Like, you just wouldn't make a movie like this today. Yeah. Um, and I guess we, we should talk about what the plot of this movie is. Oh yeah, uh, a group of scientists are attempting to cure Alzheimer's by experimenting on three sharks in the Pacific Ocean. Right? Is it Pacific? Was it Atlantic? Was it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> It's in the deep blue sea. (laughs) And uh, the sharks escape and start hunting the people down uh, who are trapped in this underwater facility. Because they've made the sharks smart. And bigger. Smart sharks. Yeah, yeah, bigger too. Literally, they literally say, they didn't just make them smarter, their brains are physically four times larger. (laughs) Because, you know, when you make a brain bigger... The person gets smarter. <laughs> this movie's a masterpiece. This movie's fantastic. Yeah, so that's the plot. The, mo- the plot of the movie is smart sharks. It's the most 90s shark movie possible. Yeah, yeah. Like, if if the decade needed a shark movie, this is it. Oh, yeah. The, the idea is you can cure Alzheimer's and possibly cancer, but they specifically go with Alzheimer's because sharks can't get cancer. Like, that's a line in this movie. Um, which was proven wrong about five years ago. Oh. So this, this, I'm sorry, the science of deep blue sea is now dated forever. Oh, it doesn't hold up? The, the science, I'm sorry, doesn't hold up under intense scrutiny. Oh, that's disappointing. Um, but Such a gold standard. Yeah. 
Sharks, sharks can get cancer. Ding. Cinemasins. <laughs> and that's and honestly, shockingly, that was the only ding Cinemasins had. It's the only time they had one ding for a movie because there's literally no other flaws in this film. I want to talk about the opening shark attack in this movie. All right, let's do it. Because it's incredible. Um, so there's like these swingers out on a boat or something. <laughs> like it's these young people. They're out on a boat. And I guess they went in the deep waters. I guess they were close enough to the submarine loading facility. The one that they have to take a helicopter to? Yeah. And these sharks are smart, but they also still want to murder people. So, like, they, like something's rubbing up against their boat, but they don't know what it is. And I just want to talk about the opening lines of this movie are fucking incredible. Where uh, this guy's, like, trying to make out with his girl. They got a boom box. It's very 90s. And this girl, a shark bumps the boat. We assume we get some shark POV in this, and the boat gets rocked. And she's like, "Did you feel that?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> <laughs> and then the best line happens, where they they get up. So he's like trying to like make the moves on her, but then he's like, "Fuck that!" and gets up for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes over to his buddy, and his buddy goes, "We're having a party, man." <laughs> he waited to get out in the middle of the ocean. To- like, hey, remember, man, we're having a party. You know, you're, you know how when you're partying with friends and you just turn to hey, your man. buddy and you're like, hey, man, we're having a party. Oh, yeah, I do that all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's like that part in Spider-Man 2 where, where Otto Octavius is like, Peter, what have we been talking about for the last hour and a half? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's exactly like, any, like that movie. Yeah, anytime in any... It's exactly like Spider-Man 2. <laughs> these movies are exactly the same. Don't you remember when Saffron Burrows at the end jumps in the water and says, I will not die a monster? <laughs> well, oh, I'm going back to that, because oh, that's yeah. one thing I do know about this production. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> this fucking movie. Um, and then the other, I guess the other big thing is that there's a really weird shot in this, which they, the, the boat gets bumped again, and then, like, some red wine gets knocked into the water. And then the red wine, like, they shoot it in the water like it's blood. Because I think the average person knows that sharks are attracted to blood, right? Mm-hmm. But it's red wine. Why is that shot in the movie? I, I think it's just because of that. Because people have that perception. It's like... That, that understanding about sharks. It'll get your mind to go, oh, yeah, sharks. And then your mind will go, wait, what the fuck? It's wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, see, these sharks are alcoholic. Oh, yeah. I guess yeah, that's yeah. why they're they're acting this way. I guess when you're when like they're you, on a bender, your brain grows 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 three, <laughs> four times bigger. You start getting those depressive thoughts about how the universe is meaningless, so you have to start drinking. <laughs> maybe these like maybe they just these sharks just can't handle living in a godless universe, which is why they're so violent. <laughs> Um, but Thomas Jane shows up to save the day. That but that that shark thing about them like being unable to to like live in a godless universe that makes him the perfect counterpoint to LL Cool J's cook oh yeah hey you're right there's thematic thematic connection yeah I thought you were going to take this another direction which is which you definitely would have because I just thought of it 
which is, what if this movie, they did Smart Sharks, but it went in the direction of the brain gremlin in Gremlins 2? Fred, what we want is, I think, what everyone wants, and what you and your viewers have. Civilization. Oh, God, now I want that movie. At the end of this, I'll get into what the sequel was supposed to be. The mm. original idea for the sequel, oh my not God. the direct-to-video one. Oh, my God, Talking Sharks? Uh, no, but... God damn it. <laughs> you'll like where... It, no, you'll like where it was gonna go. Well, it's like my, how I wanted... I wanted Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom to have talking dinosaurs. Like, that's the direction I wanted to go. The problem is the writing's not stupid enough. It's trying to be too smart no. still. No, no. Yes, it is. <laughs> they just won't embrace it. I want to point out the music in this I really like. Oh, uh, by Trevor Rabin, who, yeah. of course, also worked on... Bad Boys 2, so he's a mainstay for he me. He did, like, every Je- Jeffrey Bruckheim- Jerry Bruckheimer movie in the 90s. Like, no, I'm actually glad you, you brought it up, though. It's really a great score in this. Like, too good for this movie, almost. Too good, too good for the movie. And also a score I feel like you couldn't get away with today. Like, it would, like, be, like, too much, like, for a movie. You know, maybe that's the secret to Deep Blue Sea as a whole. Like, it's all just too good. <laughs> It's for yeah, this kind of movie. It's too good because honestly, if it was a better movie, it wouldn't be good. <laughs> like that's the funny. Yeah. Thing. Like, but all the elements are too good for the dumb subject matter. So yeah, yeah. Um, but the score is like not operatic, but it's very heightened. Is like I'll put a little clip right here if I can find it. Reminded me also of Alien Resurrection, like you brought up on an old episode. It's when I when I think of the ocean, I think that music for some reason. Like that's horrifying. I know, actually. I know. <laughs> I saw this movie when I was young. This was like a big movie when I was young. I mean, I love shark movies because of Jaws. I mean, I was smart enough even as a kid to understand that sharks. I mean, that Jaws was the better movie. <laughs> but I loved this movie. I watched it so many times. And you know what? This does something that I wanted the Jaws sequels to do. More sharks. More sharks, yeah. Yeah. Three sharks. Finally. I have to give this movie credit, which is that they didn't go with great white sharks, which is like is seems like the only shark any movie ever does. Mm-hmm. Like ever since Jaws. Like these are three giant Mako sharks. And like they made them bigger, of course. I don't believe Makos get that big. Yeah. Um, and uh the I should say the practical sharks in this look fantastic. All the, the, the effects, even the ones that like might not hold up to scrutiny for nowadays. They're still, like, really good for their time period. There's some dated CGI in this, but, like, they're usually... It's kept at a distance, or it's, like, usually underwater, so it works. Like, it, it it's not awful, but, like, the practical stuff in this is... They made the sharks... They gave the sharks, like, monster mouths. Mm-hmm. Like, they look really kind of goofy, but they also, like, totally work. Um... And I guess that, like, they put, like, jet engines in these sharks to get, like, the mechanics to work. That sounds like something the characters would have done, like, in the movie. <laughs> We're going to combine sharks with jet engines. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's also the For, reason... To, to help Alzheimer's. The, the reason to pick Makos is that they're the fastest sharks um, in the wild. Like, they're the fastest sharks we know about. Um, which might be the smart reason for picking them, but I also think that... The other one is that in real life, you the 
the only shark you currently can't keep in captivity is a great white shark. Like, we don't know how to keep them in captivity. Um, mm. They'll just keep bumping their heads into, like, the walls until they die. <laughs> yeah, that's... Sorry, that's kind of sad. No, that's what they... they well, they figured out they made uh, the... the uh, Atlanta Aquarium has uh, the whale shark, which is the largest shark. And those you couldn't keep in captivity for a while, and they finally figured out how to do it. Um, which is to just make the tank fucking huge. <laughs> but we still can't do great whites. So that's why there are no great whites in captivity. So I guess they were like, that's too dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to talk about the curing Alzheimer's thing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Saffron Burroughs, who is uh, who is supposed to be the lead, I think, um, or at least was supposed to be, even though she's like the villain of the film. She wants to cure Alzheimer's for this pharmacy. She's like, if we experiment on sharks, we can find a cure for Alzheimer's. You're a pharmaceutical company, Samuel L. Jackson. They can make this work. And Samuel L. Jackson's like, look, one of these sharks escaped. This is too dangerous. We, we're going to cut your funding. And she's like, no, we're just about to do it. You got to come and check it out. In that one meeting, she delivers a really fucking ridiculous line where she's like, have you ever dealt with someone with Alzheimer's? And Sam Jackson's like, no. And she's like, my father had it. And by the end, I had to, every day he would ask, where is his wife? And I would have to tell him that he, she was dead and he would take that like a car wreck every time. Stop telling him that. <laughs> he has Alzheimer's. You don't need to tell him every time. <laughs> Haven't you seen Fifty First Dates? Yeah, like I get like sometimes you gotta say it, but like he's not gonna remember. Like she's out for fucking food, and the next time yes, he he's not gonna remember that she's been out for food for three weeks. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? Why do that? Jesus Christ, this movie's so fucking dumb. I know it's the best. Like I don't even know where to start. Uh, uh I guess just start with the. Uh... It kind of has the same feel as Jurassic Park. Don't don't say anything. No, no, I I, <laughs> I think it's it was trying to do the Jurassic Park thing because mm-hmm. it does. I mean, have... the Samuel L. Jackson casting is like just directly correlated. To yeah, that. yeah. I think it thinks it's Jurassic Park. I think it has these themes of like you shouldn't play God, but it feels like that theme is only there because Rennie Harlan knows movies have to have themes. Yeah, like it's not really like There's, by the end of the movie you're like, oh yeah, that's that what I guess they talked about that at one point, but it's not important by the last half hour. Yeah, yeah, you know? but well, it's like, also it doesn't drive a conflict. It does explicitly try to be like this was wrong because it's wrong to play God. Like that's it. Like that's all it does. Like whereas Jurassic Park kind of does that, but it's also like, look, bring genetically bring back dinosaurs back is bad. <laughs> like <laughs> it's not just playing God; it's like reckless and dangerous. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is like, they are trying to cure Alzheimer's. <laughs> like, I could understand, like, maybe don't build the shark containment in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that seems to be the major flaw here. It doesn't seem, like, you could almost say, you could almost pivot this to being like pharmaceutical companies are evil. But they never really do anything with that. Like, all they do is kind of, like, people... Everyone treats Sam Jackson like he's, like, the biggest asshole on Earth. (laughs) Like, everyone fucking hates him the moment he arrives at this place. And he's, like, a friendly guy. Yeah, I mean, he is a billionaire, but... Yeah, he's not, like... He's a billionaire... Actively hurting anyone there. and And he's a suit, but, like, he doesn't do anything, like, egregious in this. Um... 
but he's that Hollywood fictional good billionaire, you know? Yeah, which is weird that they treat him all like shit. But then also don't have anything to say about billionaires or like pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> like it's like I guess it's because he's threatening to fund uh, to shut down the like the funding of the research. Yeah, but Thomas Jane is all like, I'm not here to change the world, and I'm not here to wreck it either. Like, it's so it, it's weird. It's very it, odd. Um, it's about as well written as Fallen Kingdom, and about as well directed. It's better than Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom that last half hour owns, but whatever. Fallen Kingdom, yeah, but that's only a half hour. This movie owns like all the way through. <laughs> like, but even like LL Cool J, like fucking like black people got better shit to do than die on a mountain. Like when he's yelling at him, <laughs> like even LL Cool J hates him, and he's like brother. Like he gets all offended when Sam Jackson calls him brother. Which I mean, I'm just gonna go on a limb, and I don't think this thing. This movie has anything to say about racial dynamics yeah. <laughs> in the United I, I can't States. imagine why you'd say that. But, um, yeah. Which also, I guess that's the other thing we should bring up, is that this movie is constantly alluding to that Sam Jackson was on this, like, mountain hiking expedition where shit went wrong. And, like, everyone's like, yeah, you saved all those people. Or, like, they're kind of skeptical of him. Like, and he's, like, very reluctant to talk about it. And it's, like, this really weird through line and it's more interesting considering exactly where it's going. <laughs> but, like, it's so, like, every five minutes someone brings it up. You know what? Here's the thing. Deep Blue Sea, I think, starts off like a real movie. A very dumb one. <laughs> but it's like, okay, you're setting up these characters this way. Why are these characters treating each other this way? We'll find out as the movie goes on. <laughs> the twist of Deep Blue Sea is that you don't really find out. Yeah, the, the twist <laughs> is that everyone movie, just dies. The, the twist of this movie is that it's about nothing. <laughs> Like, yeah. it tricks you into thinking it's about something, and it keeps that trick going until the end, <laughs> frankly. Like, they keep going like, oh, maybe something's going to happen, <laughs> and then it just doesn't. And I mean, things do keep happening, and I know I've given shit to lots of movies on this podcast and many others and on Twitter about not being about anything. Mm-hmm. And that's because none of them are as good as Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, it's that, and it's also, but it's like, None of those movies even bother to pretend to be about things. Like, this movie at least pretends. You know, like, I, I, I don't hate the original Tim Burton Batman, but I'm not crazy about it because the last half of that movie just falls completely flat for me mm. because of that very thing. I gotta be honest, though. I was think- I've been thinking about it. I went way too easy on you for Batman. Batman's a great movie. Fuck you. No, it's I've, not. I it's, totally... It's fine. I, I rewatched it again. It is so good. It, it's a great movie. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I kind of, like, downplayed it. It's not better than Returns. Returns is better. Yeah, but no, fuck no. Batman's a great movie. So, anyway. <laughs> Smart Sharks. Um, Batman should have fought Smart Sharks. Speaking of improbably smart things, Michael Rappaport is in this movie as, like, the engineer. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, like he's given like all these lines, like where he's like, yeah, given the tensile strength of the fucking. <laughs> For those who don't know, Michael Rappaport. What the fuck was that? <laughs> that was like a deposition. <laughs> who gives a shit, man? This is. Let me tell you something. I I, I watched this show. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to sit here for an hour talking about these monster movies, these comic book villains, and all this bullshit. Well, he he said some some like. 
some not great shit too. He's no, no, he's Michael Rappaport. Very much like a boomer, but he, like he's a boomer. He's my problematic fave. He's, yeah, but I, I do get a kick out of him. When I, he's, I really do. I guess like that. If I had the money, I would write a role for Michael Rappaport in every film I made. Because <laughs> I just love it when Michael Rappaport shows up, and I will put movies on because I see that Michael Rappaport is in them. I will say he was in the fifth season of Justified, and that's like hands down the worst season of that show. Mm-hmm. He's not the problem, but he's one of them. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he's a little out of place. Yeah, I mean that season just doesn't fit into that show, but whatever. And literally, but like his character, his only function is to just be like, "We got to go this way." <laughs> like, yeah. That's all he does the whole movie. I guess I want to bring up Stellan Skarsgård again as Doctor Jim Whitlock. Uh, Dr. Jim Whitlock, the smartest man in Aquatica. He's pissing into the wind. How smart can he be? I mean, that's a recurring thing with all these people. It's like, they're all smart, but then they'll do something so stupid. Oh, yeah. Well, there seems to be a thing about arrogance in this. I mean, well, I mean, the idea of making smart sharks is just arrogant. It's just stupidity in general. Um, yeah. And so... Oh, my God. And then it's like... This movie's fucking ridiculous. I'm sorry. Like, there's so much. <laughs> like, I don't want to get ahead, but it's like... Well, they, you know, we there's a party scene, which feels unnecessary, but it's also a nice little scene to get us to know every character a little bit. Like... Yeah, like, like everyone's... We're seeing how they all bounce off each other, like, in a normal setting before that's, like... There's know, a lot of... It's fucked up. It also plays into a lot of the cheap scares that are front-loaded in this film. There's a lot of, like, fake jumps in the, in the beginning. Um, which thankfully go away after a while, but, um, yeah, because, like, there's a part where it's like, oh, it's a surprise party, it wasn't something scary. Um, but then it also turns out they're gonna do this test to get the funding back the day after the surprise birthday party. So this is, it's time-sensitive, but not time-sensitive enough to skip a surprise birthday party. And then it also happens to be during a tropical storm. And on the weekend where there's a skeleton crew. Like, yeah, you know you know the day we're going to do the most important lab test of our life? That's the day to send 90% of staff home. <laughs> That's a little silly, but it's the way to make sure there's not, like, 50 characters. I mean, it's already got such a big budget, but, like, what they could have done, if, like, let's say they had another $20 million, just go full $100 million on this, that, like, have the other cast members, or, like, I guess background, just, like, extras in the facility, too... Mm-hmm. But have one section get like completely obliterated, yeah, and then just have the sharks like eat them all there. Yeah, yeah, go full Poseidon adventure on it, like mm-hmm. where you like you you have like a big you know it's a cruise ship, and then you just kill ninety five percent of the cruise ship, and then we're stuck with five percent. So, yeah, I mean, I just think it's funny that they were like, "Nah, we can't, we, we can't put this test off." Oh no, it's hilarious. But we can also still have a t- we still have time for a surprise party. Okay, so, well, for, oh, fuck, do we have to talk about the Thomas Jane, like, training, like, to feed the sharks? Or what's he doing in there again? Well, the one, he gets a license plate out of the shark's mouth. Um, yeah. And then they feed one of the, like, because they have, like, another shark that they feed to the other sharks. And, like, I think the license plate might have been the license plate from Jaws. Like, there's a lot of Jaws oh, references fine. in this. Um, like, I mean, the the, the second... I mean, the, the final shark blows up exactly like the shark in Jaws. Like, they even do the same shot of the body parts falling to the earth. 
Yeah, um, all like, the sharks die the same way they die in the original three Jaws movies. First one blows up. Spoiler alert, I guess. The second one gets electrocuted, and yeah, the third one blows up. So, <laughs> just a fun way to bring it all around. Um, but when they're running, when they're running the first, like the official test, and everything's going, going hunky dory. Oh well, I gotta, I gotta mention. It's some. It's simultaneously no one is alarmed, but they're constantly saying alarming things. We're like, hey, those sharks reacted to the gun, like they shouldn't know how to do that. But then everyone just was like, ah, whatever. And it's like sharks shouldn't be able to swim backwards. Ah, whatever. Like, <laughs> like, like they keep saying alarming stuff, but no one ever bothers to be like, hey, maybe this is something. I mean, that, that shark's driving a boat. Nah, you know, you know. It's like adding tension to everyone except the characters. Like, it adds, <laughs> it, it's tension for the audience, but not the characters. Even though the characters are a hundred percent aware of it. Which I should also say, uh, I saw this on the big screen for the first time last year with mm. the crowd. At the end of a shark-themed marathon called the Megathon, where we mm. saw the Meg, Jaws 3D, in actual 3D, which was oh, the wow. only fun time I've ever had with that movie. Mm-hmm. And we ended the night with Deep Blue Sea. Wow. This killed with an audience. I can imagine. And it, there was only like half the audience there left because it was like one in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I think that's also like the benefit of Deep Blue Sea. Like generally for a movie movie – you want to build things up for the characters in the actual universe of the film. Like, when you do things just for the audience, like, uh, it doesn't really work for me usually. But Deep Blue Sea, again, is the greatest film ever made, so it works like gangbusters. Yeah, Deep Blue Sea is the exception to the rule. <laughs> to all of the rules. And so what are they doing? They're draining, the, they're taking something out of the brain. I don't know, brain juice. I don't know what they're doing. To be, Don't they also take out the cameras? <laughs> they, they take out the cameras, um... Thomas Jane says the shark is uh, like out like a light or something like that. Oh, like yeah. it's sound asleep. Everything's going great, hunky dory, and successful test. Oh wait, before they there's a, another another great line where she goes, they take the shit out of the bottle, which I didn't realize you could do genetic testing that quickly. <laughs> like within seconds after extracting it, I didn't realize that's how genetic engineering worked. But she she goes and she puts whatever she took out of the brain. She goes and puts it in cells from a brain that had Alzheimer's, right? Mm-hmm. And she goes, what we're looking for here is lightning in a bottle. And then you look at the screen and it literally looks like lightning in a bottle. <laughs> 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 and they do, this, they do a thing, which honestly, this this movie deserves more credit. Like, maybe doesn't, but most movies wouldn't do this where they start talking in lingo that, like, doesn't mean anything to the audience, but the way the characters act, you understand exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. Where they're like, the synapses are firing. It's kind of like a Michael Mann film. <laughs> where the guys will talk. You know what? This is this is exactly like a Michael Mann film. <laughs> if Michael Mann was a fucking moron. <laughs> no, this is a sequel to Manhunter. Yeah. That's about how sharks and man are actually very similar. And so they, they, they did it. They cured Alzheimer's, I guess. That's what that one test showed. I'm, I have a feeling science doesn't work that way, but... Oh, Sam Jackson, this is the line. And I'll, I'll just play out what happened. So the synapses are firing. Uh, Sam Jackson goes, I'll be damned. And Stolen Skarsgård, who's been talking... Every line of his is like, I am God. <laughs> like... <laughs> For no reason. Like, he's talking about how oh, great yeah, God is. didn't do this, we did. He doesn't say that here. He says, No, sir. 
in 0.56 milliseconds, you've just seen what it's like not to be damned. Which no one says! And then he walks over to the shark and gets his arm bitten off. And it's just gushing blood. Oh my god, the, the violence in this movie is incredible. Um, the blood and the gore is perfect. And Saffron Burroughs immediately launches the shark back into the water because Thomas Jane tries to kill it. No, I, I gotta be honest. Like, it's framed like she's the idiot irresponsible one, right? Mm-hmm. But at this point, we don't know that the sharks are like smart sharks. Like, for all we know, the shark was just acting like a shark. You know? He, the shark just mm-hmm. did a very shark thing, which is to bite <laughs> someone. And Thomas Jane... Thomas Jane could have easily pressed the button, and the situation would have been solved. But he jumped the gun. I think he overreacted going for the gun. I get If it's the characters, then maybe. But we as the audience understand that <laughs> shit just happened. And the film has been playing to the audience up to that point, primarily. See what I mean? Well, yeah, but I think, shockingly, the filmmakers... Because like, it's one thing where it's, like, it's framed where it's, like, she's the irresponsible one. Like, it's definitely shot and played out that way. Mm-hmm. But it's from what we know from the ending, which we will get to, the filmmakers clearly didn't realize that's what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, which makes it even funnier. So his entire arm gets bitten off, and so, <laughs> so now it's going to be a helicopter rescue during a tropical storm. They're they're trying to bring him up to the surface, and Saffron Burrows, Saffron Burrows, who's supposed to be like really smart, and I think she every line she says is stupid. She says. Damn, he's hemorrhaging. It's like, yeah, no shit, he's lost an arm. <laughs> like, of course he's hemorrhaging. His fucking zar- his arm's off. <laughs> I gotta mention, what we en- eventually end up finding out, when, when everyone finds out the sharks are smart, what we find out is the sharks are actually trying to sink the facility so they can lower the fence so they can get out. Like, that's the plot. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what the sharks are doing. But somehow the sharks were able to anticipate that by biting this man's arm off, they would call in a helicopter rescue, and the helicopter would have a bad wench that would drop the fucking, drop Stone Skarsgård into the ocean, that they would then be able to pull the helicopter into the control tower. (laughs) And then they would be able to take Stone Skarsgård and throw him into the glass. Oh my, that's amazing. The helicopter explosion is pretty cool. No, it's it's uh, it's cool. It's just stupid. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. This whole movie is so stupid, but that's why it's so cool. Mm-hmm. But watching them launch Stellan Skarsgård, who's already lost an arm, been dropped out of the helicopter, or from the bottom of the helicopter already, like, it just gets wor- He's like Kenny from South Park. And he's alive the whole time. <laughs> like, because they, they put the oxygen tank on him, so when he gets pulled underwater, he lives through that entire experience. <laughs> And just his face, like when they're launching him into the window. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, and the glass breaks and starts flooding the facility. And that's where I want to talk about one of my main points. Which is that that scene where the water chases after everyone, it was an accident. What we're watching is real actors in real peril. Everyone almost what? died. They almost flooded the entire set. <laughs> What? <laughs> Something went wrong. If you watch it, it makes sense when you watch it now, because, like, it's all of them in, like, a real stunt. Like, in an incredibly dangerous stunt. It's fucking Samuel Jackson in a stunt, and he wasn't a young guy then. Something went wrong. They got their timing wrong, and the fucking... All the water tanks, like, opened up way too early. 
Oh shit! And flooded like fucking Thomas Jane gets like thrown by it. Like that's real. Everyone oh my looks, god! Everyone looks genuinely terrified. And what you learn is that like this movie was like the production from hell. Like everything went wrong on it. Like one thing that went wrong is that they filmed this on the sets they filmed uh, Titanic on. They went to Mexico and filmed it like in all the old sound studios. Mm-hmm. Um. And the sets got infested with crickets. So the whole time they were filming, there was constant cricket noise. So they had to ADR the whole movie. Wow. So, like, pretty much the entire movie's ADR'd. Um, you also hear about... You know about... what? It's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good ADR. I'll give it that. But also, there's some bad sound design where anytime they're on the surface, there is constant buoy sound effects. And it's the same buoy sound effect over and over again. The other thing is that I read one story where Thomas Jane, they just threw him in the ocean with real sharks at one point. (laughs) Surrounded by, like, actual chum. What? Yeah. (laughs) Like, they just threw him in the water and they're like, yeah, we're going to film this. Oh my god. And like, you just hear like all these stories, like one of the engines that they had in like the fake sharks like spun out of control and like exploded. (laughs) Like, (laughs) this movie's like the fucking Wizard of Oz where it's like (laughs) intensely reckless filmmaking. But then like every person interviewed is like, we have to do this. (laughs) It's like everyone's committed. It's like, we have to get this done so that this masterpiece can be seen by the public. We have to suffer this production. <laughs> I thank them for their service. Yeah, thank you for your service. Just Jesus yeah, Christ. Fuck the Revenant. This is like, yeah. this is it. And it's like every day they filmed in like like water. Like it, like it According to everyone, it was like the biggest nightmare to film. Like this whole movie. That's another thing that just makes it incredible. Because not only was it like a big... Like, this is the type of movie you think about where a lot of people put a bunch of effort in, everyone suffered, and then it comes out and it flops. But it was a big hit. Like, that's like where it's crazy. It's a big hit and it's remembered by everyone. Sometimes movies turn out well. And it's just and this is just the type of movie that A, they wouldn't make today, and B, if it did, no one would see it. It's just, it's crazy to me. I have I have more thoughts on that, but I just want to keep talking about Deep Blue Sea because like that it's a it's a system issue right now. I think it's an audience issue too, but it's only because of like what's being put out in the theaters and what's taken up so much of like the public zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, but I think even like I'm getting to the point where I'm confused as to what the fuck's going on. Like as we keep waiting for Marvel fatigue to set in and it's just not like we're getting franchise fatigue but like the Marvel films are still superhero films are still making money like when Venom was like a monster hit like that shocked me like I could not believe that happened so I really don't know what's going on out there yeah I was convinced Venom 2 like wouldn't happen Mm -hmm. just because that production on that one was also like really difficult apparently Mm -hmm. and I I still am convinced that Venom 2 will not make money but I'm also willing to be wrong because I was very wrong about that box office. You've got to see what happens with the sequels to movies that were like big hits. Because that's the thing where I think you can fool an audience to see them at least once. 
But if if they are all big hits again, like if the next Suicide Squad's a huge hit, and if Venom's a huge hit, then it's like okay, the public does want something that I don't understand, and yeah, it's just it's crazy. Like I can't imagine like a lot of people paying to see a movie like this in theaters today. The only exception is that like horror movies have suddenly gotten really big again. Yeah, and uh, relatively pretty pretty good across the board. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, I I would say even the ones I don't like are at least somewhat well made. And and then you're getting really heady stuff like Jordan Peele stuff and like something like Midsummer can make money like which is yeah crazy. like it's not a it wasn't a huge hit that Hereditary was at this mm. point but you know it 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 made its money yeah it is just neat because that's a weird little fucked up movie yeah yeah Do you just go through like the kills now? I think I think well one thing we should talk about LL Cool J's character. Um, whose his name is Preacher. And he's always talking about God and he's he's he ends up becoming the main character of the film. Honestly, I don't even know. I want I, I almost wanted to unpack all the God stuff, but like it really feels like it's just there to be like God versus science. And I love him in this. I love Ella Cool J in this movie. He's, um, he's so likable mm. in this. Like I, I'm, I hadn't seen it in a long time. Mm. Um, like because I've been watching it like almost every year at this point now for the last couple of years. Before that, I, I just had forgotten that he lived all mm. the way through. Yeah, because in a in a lesser film, he's dead. I think. All right, I'm gonna jump to the end because mm-hmm. there's not really a lot of meat to talk about in the middle of this movie to be honest I just uh, want to talk about how everyone goes horribly oh yeah, yeah the, the deaths are all horrific and violent and people die begging for their lives it's great but um, <laughs> so I guess they shot the movie and originally I think LL Cool J was going to die I think he did die of his like wounds or something and uh, Saffron Burroughs was going to save the day and she lived and I guess during a test screening, people were yelling at the screen, die, bitch, die. Jesus. Um, which I don't necessarily agree with the language. I, yeah, no, I don't. But uh, she is the villain of this film. <laughs> she got everyone killed. And she also, like, they try to position her where she's like, there's one part in it where she's like, if I don't save this data, all these deaths will be meaningless. And LL Cool J fires back with the really good point that, like, death is always meaningless, lady. <laughs> like, you know, death is never, death doesn't have to be worth something. Yeah, and that she's still the one that caused it. So it's like, see, I have to make my own mistake not that bad. Yeah. So Randy Harlan was like, why don't we just kill her? And everyone seems to like LL Cool J. Let's just make him the hero. <laughs> and that's how we get the ending where it's just him and Thomas Jane at the end. I still don't know how I feel about her dying. Just the history makes it like... I'm, I'm Just hear me out. It sounds a little funnier, but also just like ugly. Like almost too ugly to be fun hearing what people said at the test screenings, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm for it. <laughs> but at the same time like yeah no cause... no I totally get it but like yeah 
Like, here, here's the thing. This movie is really fun for people to first watch it. Because I, I know I, I must have seen it with an audience that hadn't all seen it. Because there was, like, there's the excited, like, oh, I know what's coming, audience. But then there was also, like, the gasps and the ooze and, like, the holy shits at the screen. Like, when uh, Sam Jackson dies during his, like, inspirational speech. Yeah, we'll get to that speech. <laughs> uh. Oh, which is fucking incredible. But then there's also like, oh, she's going to distract the shark and then he's going to pull her out and save her. Like, that's what a normal movie would do. But Deep Blue Sea is not a normal movie. So she jumps in and then gets torn in half. Well, then a body double, <laughs> a body double clearly struggles to get out of the water because they couldn't get Saffron <laughs> Burroughs back for the reshoots. Um, and then they use B-roll footage of her underwater and then a CGI version of herself gets ripped in half and eaten alive. Yep. Um... I don't know. I'm not. It's fucked up. It's fucked but up. I, it's, I it's... will say the movie, even though the test audience has reacted just like horribly misogynistically, uh. um, the movie treats everyone the same. Yeah. The movie is absolutely like everyone's going to die in the worst possible yeah. fashion. The only people who are good are a cook who's good with Jesus and a criminal who hates everyone. <laughs> yeah. Those are the only two characters. And even Thomas Jane, when he's, like, trying to, like, get the shark to, like, um, stop from escaping, right? And he tells LL Cool J to shoot it with the, the bow and arrow, or the crossbow. Yeah. He still gets, like, shot in the leg. Like, everyone gets so fucked up in this movie. Everyone gets fucked up. It has a great, great... I wish more movies got fucked... Had people getting fucked up like this. Great final lines to the film. Take me back to the ghetto. Amen. <laughs> what is that? Deepest, bluest. My hat is like a shark's fin. Deepest, bluest. This is the greatest film ever made. I love this movie. But yeah, everyone dies uh, horribly. Uh, Michael Rapport gets like bitten and electrocuted to death. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's crazy. Like, after he saves the day, too. Like, he gets a redeeming moment. And, <laughs> and then he gets all fucked up and dies horribly. After he's like the comic relief. Like, you don't... In a lot of these movies, they will save the comic relief until the end. And uh, instead, he dies violently. Um, the girl in it, who doesn't get much to do, she's just a biologist. Um, she's just kind of like, we need one more woman in this movie, I think was maybe like yeah. a studio note. And I liked her. She's nice in the movie. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Every everyone's actually like good yeah it. like they have to say ridiculous things all the time so it's shocking how good they are and she says i don't want to die immediately before getting bitten the crotch by a shark yep reminder Renny harlan did get divorced yeah to gina davis in 1996 which that's an interesting way to express um frustration at women I wouldn't approve i wouldn't um, um i just don't get what he's it saying does make this a little funnier in a weird, in a dark way. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's fucked up. <laughs> is, it, is it me or does Saffron Bros is kind of styled a little bit like Gina Davis in the... I could imagine Gina Davis playing that role. Like, yeah, uh, I almost feel like... If they were still married. Yeah, like she could have... I feel like maybe they wanted her to be like a Ripley kind of character. Because I know Ray Harlan said that Alien was one of his main inspirations for Deep Blue Sea. I totally see it. I mean, even the cast... Like, you know, oh. Rennie Harlan doesn't operate on a... Mm -hmm. When Ridley Scott's on his game level, but you don't know who the main character is when you're watching it for the first time. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's kind of down to, like, incompetence, too, from the... 
well, like I the think, writing. Well, I think the main thing is that before the before Rappaport and the girl get it, um, the biggest death in this movie is Samuel L. Jackson, who you who is like the biggest shot. Everyone knows that death, like because it's like one of the biggest shock deaths in film history. And he gives like a speech. It's all, honestly, I almost felt like maybe it was attack an attack on like '90s Hollywood, because like Samuel Jackson at that point was known as the dramatic speech guy. <laughs> and the '90s was that era where like movies were like we can be serious and funny at the same time. We can stop our movie to have a big speech every now and then. Like that was the '90s. Like Pulp Fiction kind of like started that trend. Mm-hmm. And then this movie feels like they're trying to do that, and then it's like, fuck you, you get killed by a shark. You think water's fast? You should see ice. It moves like it has a mind. Like it knows it killed the world once, it got a taste for murder. When the avalanche came, it took us a week to climb out. And somewhere, we lost hope. Now, I don't know exactly when we turned on each other. I just know that seven of us survived the slide, and only five made it out. Now, we took an oath that I'm breaking now. Swore that we say it was the snow killed the other two, but it wasn't. Nature can be lethal, but it doesn't hold a candle. Now you've seen how bad things can get and how quick they can get that way. Well, they can get a whole lot worse. So we're not going to fight anymore. We're going to pull together and we're gonna find a way to get out of here. First, we're gonna seal off this And he also gets ripped in half. Yeah, yeah. A lot of ripping in half. I think it's just to be like, I think Rennie Harlan was smart enough to be like, when people die in this movie, I want people to understand that these characters are dead. Also, we should reveal, one thing about the speech is he reveals that he tells the true story of the avalanche, um, which is not, it is not the story of Everest from Mr. Show. Everyone who knows that reference is now laughing. Um, You should watch that skit after this. Okay. Um, But he says that, Seven of us survived the slide, and only five of us walked out, which means they killed two people and then agreed never to talk about it, which is like, wow. Like, you're like, wow, this movie's <laughs> going to be about something intense, about, like, guilt and, like, survival. Um, he also says, you think water moves fast? You should see it. Ice. It moves like it has a mind. Like, it knows it killed the world once and got a taste for murder. But, <laughs> I don't know about you, Diego. But I think one of the key traits of ice is that it doesn't move. Ice is known for being stationary. So... I don't think, and when it does move, I don't think it moves like it has a mind. I think it moves like it is falling apart. 
<laughs> um, it, well, I've seen the day after tomorrow, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The, yeah. <laughs> like, that is. Okay. <laughs> Where the storm is, like, literally, like, screaming at people. Like, they run. And the ice is, like, you see it move you can through the hallways as it gets closer to people. Like, yeah. <laughs> They're trying to outrun the ice. Oh, my God. Rolling them. That's the best part of that movie. The movie's got a lot. There's a lot in that movie. Yeah, I'm not endorsing it. I'm just saying. I think we covered all of the movie. Yeah. No. That's yeah. That that's it. That's Deep Blue Sea. I do. You should all watch it. You should all watch it. All right. So they were gonna they were gonna do a second one. I know they made they did make a direct DVD sequel recently. Yes. um, It is shocking. Seen it. It's shocking that there aren't sequels to this. Yeah, um, there was in the, in the works before the directed video one, uh, starring very good underrated actor Michael Beach. Uh, it looks just like the same movie, you know. Every once in a while, you get a directed video sequel to like an action movie or something, and it's like the same movie but with a lower budget. I guess it was it just looks that, like that it was that thing of uh, this being the production from hell. I guess they didn't want to do a sequel. Yeah. Um, so but... the sequel was originally pitched to be more like aliens Mm. and instead of an underwater facility like aquatica it would have taken place on like one of the world's largest freighter ships where they were experimenting with military sharks (laughs) and a team of navy seals would have boarded the ship to stop like pirates or something like that but they would discover sharks with machine guns attached to their heads. Oh my god! And they would have the sharks would have been able to swim throughout the facility, the, the the boat, mm. the freighter, through um like a series of passageways and large pipes, uh, and they would have like shot at the marines or wow. the, the navy seals. That's incredible. And we never got that. Um, yeah, that would have been something. I'm only on board if Rennie Harlan would have done it. I feel like Rennie yeah. is the only one who could have pulled it off. I think he wanted to for a while, and then that just didn't happen. And then it just fell apart and he died. He was like, I'm going to go do Exorcist the beginning and kill my career. Oh. Oh, who who was the original director of that? Well, they got uh Oh, God, I can't remember. They got a... Uh, Paul Schrader? No, no, they got another guy before Paul Schrader who was like... Uh, the guy who did the original Manchurian Candidate. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. I think that's who it was. No, maybe it's someone else. Uh, they got some big director, and he was going to do it, and then he dropped dead, like, right before. Oh. And then they filmed the Paul Schrader one, and then the studio didn't like it. And so then they got Rennie Harlan to come in, and then, um, Rennie Harlan made, and Rennie Harlan got, like, hit by a car, like, three weeks into filming. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. They, this was, I only know about this, because I saw a documentary about the quote-unquote exorcist curse. Where they try and tie, like, all this crazy... But what I think is funny about it is that it's like, yeah, the original director died, and the and the final director got hit by a car, and the second director made a movie that was got mixed reviews. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they framed that as being part of the curse. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, Paul Schrader did the middle one, um, which is called... They called it Dominion. Um... Which makes me wish we lived in this other world where it was like, we have the exorcist, we have the heretic, we have Legion, which was the original name of Exorcist 3, and then we have Dominion, 
And then we had like four really awesome Exorcist movies that are all completely different. Is two awesome? Um, no, but it's so weird. <laughs> there's a fucking like there's a fucking Inception dream machine in it. I, I remember you telling me that. Like, I just like I still haven't seen it. There's an idea. There's honestly there's like a nugget of an idea in it. I think the problem is they're too tied to the original Exorcist. Ah, uh, okay. And also the director was a crazy person. It's the guy who made Zardoz, for God's sakes. Oh, that, okay. That, yeah. That, that covers that. Like, who I like that director, but... Wow. <laughs> like, I mean, he's the one who made... He made Excalibur, which is, like, the most insane King Arthur movie ever. I haven't seen it. Um, which, like, even King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, couldn't top. <laughs> Yeah, and that movie King had, like, Arthur, Legend of the Sword, whom I love. That movie had like like a Lady of the Lake squid monster in it, didn't it? Not Legend of the Sword. Oh no. shit! There, there was right. like, yeah. I'm thinking of a different movie then. Um, yeah, there's like weird monsters in the movie, uh-huh. like a lot of them. There's like giant bats. There's like hundred foot tall elephants. I think you'll it's... I think you'll understand why I didn't like that movie if you see Excalibur. Okay. Like you'll understand because Excalibur's like what it could have been like we're just talk- we're we're basically off deep lucy at this point we'll wrap up but yeah. like excalibur is Zack snyder's favorite movie apparently holy shit that makes so much fucking sense <laughs> it is crazy <laughs> oh my god now it all fucking makes sense <laughs> oh he's gotta like he's gotta like exorcist 2 then he's gotta <laughs> love exorcist 2 Holy shit, BVS is Zardoz. Because <laughs> honestly, the Martha twist in BVS... Do you know what the twist in Zardoz is? No. All right, BVS, Martha, right? Uh-huh. So, in Zardoz, uh, Zardoz is this god that Sean Connery's people worship, but then he travels to another dimension where the god is from. <laughs> and it turns out okay. the god was fake, and it was just a guy pretending to be a god. And the name comes from... The Wizard of Oz. Zard Oz. Wizard Oz. <laughs> the, the the cover of the book had, like, smudge on it, and that's where the name comes from. Oh, I hate that shit. <laughs> so that's Zardoz. <laughs> oh my god. Zardoz is, uh, it's a movie. Oh, by the way, in BVS, uh, you see they're coming out of a showing of Excalibur, yeah, I believe, yeah. instead of Zorro. I, so. I remember that. I just thought that was like, yeah. oh, you know, that would make more sense instead of Zorro. Like, but no, now that you say that, that it's his favorite movie, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, so everyone go see well, Excalibur and Deep Blue Sea. Uh, and on that note, I would like to leave you... I would like to leave everyone here with some words of wisdom, um, which okay. is LL Cool J's Einstein's Theory of Relativity. Grab a hold of a hot pan. Seconds can fe- seem like hours. Put your hands on a hot woman, and an hour can seem like a second. It's all relative.
Matt, where can the people find you? I'm at EmperorOTN at Twitter.com and YouTube and Patreon. You can find you can find me at Twitter.com at the Diego Crespo. Uh, check out the rest of the Waffle Press on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like and subscribe. If you didn't like this episode, like and subscribe anyways because you might find something you do like. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I was going to try to think of a deep blue sea pun, but I, I, don't, I don't have any. Take me back to the ghetto. You've been professionally unprofessional. <laughs> Bye. Uh, my hat is like a shark's yeah. Deepest blue is my hat is like a shark's uh, Deepest blue is my hat is like a shark's fin. Deepest blue is my hat is like a shark's fin. Deepest blue is my hat is like a shark's fin. Deepest blue is my hat is like a shark's fin. Deepest blue is my hat is like a shark's fin. Man-made terror, hundred jaws of death. Battle cross my depths, I'll pause your breath.